Hello, I'm Amy Stevenson, and this is The Human CEO. In each episode, we'll be meeting with CEOs and senior leaders to understand their approach to leadership, the challenges they faced, and how they overcame them. We'll also be asking what they feel it takes to be a great leader. But I do remember somebody telling me, you know, hire smart people and enable them. I'm quite happy to hire people that are very, very smart and, and probably have more to bring to the table in certain areas than I do and listen to them. Welcome to The Human CEO. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson, and today I'm joined by David James. David's the CEO of J&D Forecasting, a company that provides business analytical modelling and forecasting to the pharmaceutical industry. David co-founded J&D Forecasting over 10 years ago, first starting as managing director and later became CEO. David joins us today to share his insight as a leader and a human CEO. Thank you for joining us today, David. It's great to have you with us. It's a pleasure, Amy. Looking forward to speaking with you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing a bit more about your story. So can you tell us a little bit about the organisation that you lead, please? Yes, so um, I founded a company uh, about 10 years ago called JD Forecasting. uh, Mm -hmm. And obviously by its name, you can guess that it's a company that specialises in in forecasting and within the pharmaceutical sphere specifically. Um, So we started started the business because A, it's my background and B, we saw it as an area that probably uh, was underserved and where there was an opportunity to maybe do things a little bit differently from the sort of the big multinational companies that were were providing service in this area beforehand. Um, so we've been going for 10 years, as I said, we've, we've evolved. Uh, it's been an interesting journey. It's been a, an ever-changing journey, um, but we're, we're around 30 people now. Uh, we have some, some good loyal clients that we've been working for many years and, and recently um, we've started uh, with a sort of redefining of our offering, started working with lots of really interesting biotech companies, so very innovative, very small, very agile. So it's it's an interesting area, um, mm-hmm. despite what people may think about forecasting and analytics. It's a very interesting area, and particularly within the healthcare sector, makes makes the subject matter obviously very, very pertinent and very, very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Some of the problems that the medtech organizations are solving at the minute i find absolutely fascinating i think it's brilliant the way that space is changing I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I'm clever enough to understand it all. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> but, uh, but it is. I mean, some of the some of the technology, some of the advances, and, and as you saw, obviously very topical through COVID, mm-hmm. the way they were able to to react to the situation and develop vaccines in in such a short time shows how how much innovation there is out there, mm-hmm. and and actually when everybody pulls in the same direction, how effective that can be, which yeah. is good because sometimes you know pharmaceuticals industry gets a bad press but you know when they put their mind to it they can do great things mm-hmm. yeah absolutely absolutely and so so jd forecasting has been established for just over 10 years was it yes yes yeah. that's right yes and, and as the leader of that organization at this stage in your life cycle that you are evolving as you are what kind of challenges are you up against at the minute i mean it's as a small company you know we we do have to i mean both our strength and the necessity is to be sort of agile to, to respond Mm-hmm. And we, I think we've done that really well. We've, we've also, what we've done really well is to look outside of, of our own industry and look at how other industries have done it. So, so more recently, we've, we've seen the challenge that um, pharma companies are very much moving towards cloud-based technology, looking at sort of more SaaS-based businesses, looking at technology to solve their problems. Um, so we've, we've been trying to sort of keep ahead of that curve and, and deliver solutions that we think work for clients. And that's, that more recently has been around technology. And what technology has been able to do for us and actually then ultimately for our clients is to is take what was a very, very specialist uh, skill set 
and develop software that delivers it to clients um, at a much reduced cost with which much higher value in a shorter time. And also for my business, that means that, you know, it kind of restricts the sort of bandwidth of capabilities we have because to, to hire and train people to do disease-based models that are incredibly complex, uh, supporting, you know, uh, 30, 40 country forecasts, uh, inline product forecasting, uh, new product planning forecasting was very challenging to find and keep and train people. So, so using technology, we... We've really been able to, A, deliver higher value to our clients and to different clients, as I mentioned, to uh, not just to the bigger, big pharma, but sort of mid-size and, and even even down to sort of uh, R&D-phased uh, pharma companies because we're able to deliver for a much lower cost in a in much quicker time. Mm-hmm. And so that's really the, ch- the challenge has been over the last two or three years is making sure that we... We are up to date in, in delivering what our clients are looking for, these cloud-based solutions, but at the same time, making sure that we uh, remain agile, um, but also uh, that our business model remains sort of viable, You know, not just relying on a small number of clients with big ticket items, but spreading that risk across a, a broader client base, which is you know what we've done quite successfully. Fantastic. And, and so your journey into leadership then, so I see the, the degree in business studies and yep. then you developed your, your career. Was it always the, the plan to be the chief executive, start your own enterprise? Uh, I think that came from stubbornness. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I started, I actually started managing people when I was sort of in my mid-twenties when I was at a company called Frost and Sullivan. <laughs> and, and, and truth be known, it was probably too young uh, to start managing people. I was, I was a lot younger than the people I was managing. I had a lot less experience. Um, but that also was a really good learning because you had to be able to uh, bring people with you. Uh, you had to be able to gain their trust and their confidence. You had to be able to show them that you could you could deliver something uh, that would support them. So I think that mindset sort of stayed with me is that, you know, you, you're not necessarily the smartest man in the room. You're not necessarily, uh, or person in the room, you're not necessarily the most experienced person in the room, but what you can help to do is to enable those that have the talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, to do the best they can do, and I think that's what that's what stayed with me is, is sort of being an enabler uh, more than just somebody that you know points people in a direction and says this is the strategy let's let's work towards it. I mean you have to do that as well, of course, but mm-hmm. but I think you know bringing people with you is important. Yeah, absolutely. And so that that early role when you said you were almost too young to be leading, mm. someone identified something in your skill set that maybe you'd not seen in yourself yet, or how did that happen? Um, I think like a lot of these things, it was an opportunity occurred. I mean, uh, it was the company had been bought by a smaller US-based company and they were changing their business model. Um, I I hadn't been there that long. Um, I'd I'd done really well in the reports I was writing. And I think they they probably couldn't choose from some of the more established people because they were from the older company with the older business model that was very different. And and so they saw me maybe as being a younger person that had done a good job writing reports that could could adapt uh, more quickly to to that new new way of working that was more I guess being young and, and being relatively new to, in my career that could that could take on board those new ideas I wasn't so so stuck in my ways perhaps as I am now but uh, you know it wasn't quite so stuck in my ways and something that I could sort of take on board and use that energy and enthusiasm to, to drive through okay and then so you mentioned um enabling people and empowerment yeah. previously are there specific characteristics in your mind that you think all great leaders should have or is it very much case by case depending on the organization or the industry mm. i think there's i think there are certain uh, traits that that leaders need uh, it's not it's not a sort of a, an, a you know um, an exhaustive list but i think i think a leader needs to be able to listen 
Um, they need to, to be able to, um, as I mentioned before, sort of motivate and engage and bring people with them. Um, it's not all about sort of giving direction and giving and giving instructions. It's about working with people, listening to people. Um, but obviously, you know, leadership changes. It, it changes from situation to situation. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to you need to apply different skills. You know, when your business is struggling, and you need to you need to you need to adapt and change uh, to when a business is is growing very quickly, or when a business is more established. Or you know, you have to change the way in which you lead, mm -hmm. um, and also with different people. You, you, you don't necessarily apply the same approach to those to different people you're managing. As I mentioned, when I was when I was quite young, I was managing people that are a lot older than me. I, I probably would have had a very much a very different approach to how I communicate and how I work with those people than I perhaps do now when I'm more in a mentoring mode. I would say. Okay. So I think I think that sort of flexibility is very key in how you approach things, but also always you know that you are listening. Um, and you don't have to be the smartest in the person in the room all the time. You don't have to be the person that knows all the answers. You, you know, you should hire good people and, and trust in them to to do their job and to and to have input that is that is valued. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And and is there an experience or a I don't know a piece of advice or an experience or someone that you've met in the past that shaped your approach to leadership or was it that experience early on? Um, not not really. I don't think there's one thing that that sort of forms you as a leader. As I said, I think it's a journey and I think you probably change the, your approach to leadership depending on who you are, where you are in your, your career and also the situation you're in. You know, I've been in very large companies and I probably would take a very different approach than, than I am now running my own company. Uh -huh. um, but I do remember somebody telling me, you know, quite early on in my career is, that, you know, um, you know, hire smart people and enable them. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's always been something I've been happy to do and, you know, on the flip side, I've had people saying saying to me, "Well, you've just hired your replacement as a sort of a worry, a threat, a sort of an insecurity." But I've never really, I've never really taken that on board. I'm I'm quite happy to hire people that I that are very very smart and you know and and probably have more to bring to the table in certain areas than I do and listen to them. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose in a certain sense, that's your job, isn't it, to build that team around you? Yes, exactly. You know, it's it's you know you can't be an expert at everything. Everybody has their strengths and weaknesses. I think it's. It's a good thing to recognise your weaknesses because then you can go out and find people that can, you yeah. know, uh, you know, that's building a team. Finding people that you know complement your strengths and vice versa. Definitely, definitely. And so, if someone was looking to follow in your footsteps, whether that was just taking a step up into a leadership mm. role or whether they were looking to start their own enterprise, which then they would become the leader of, what advice mm. would you share with them? Or are there any, if I need them, what I know now moments? That's a good question. I mean, you know. I, <laughs> Uh, one, I'm not sure if there's one piece of advice. Certainly, certainly, sort of be self-reflective. Mm -hmm. I've always found that helps. I mean, you know, you don't have to beat yourself up, but I think, I think you have to. You know, it's like being a parent. You have to sort of, uh, sort of say, what have I done well today, and what could I do better? And I think mm -hmm. if you if you keep that in your in, in your mindset, you know, you, you won't go too far wrong. I think you know we all we all make mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, learn from them, uh, understand, try and understand why you made those mistakes, but also try and improve, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, it's, it would be very boring if we, we got up every day and tried to do the same thing in the same way. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I agree. And, and so thinking about people from your past or leaders mm. that you particularly admire, is there a leader, past or present, famous or otherwise, that stands out to you? And if so, why? I mean, I've worked for lots of people that I've taken lots from. Uh, I remember again uh, when I was relatively young. Uh, you know, I've had, I've worked with people that are really charismatic, uh, and you know, it just 
in awe of them when they stand up and speak and, and, and the way they speak and, and the sort of the way they, they can hold a room. And then in other ways, they've been quite frustrating in that you know, they've been you know, not necessarily detail focused or, or consistent in their message. And then I've worked with people that have been in incredibly smart, incredibly detailed and have kind of gained your respect just because of what they can do mm. and how they do it. And, and so I've had, I've had, you know, some really good managers and, and, and who I'd say are, you know, are people that you, you would like to follow and, and emulate and, and, and sort of put them, you know, put them there in that category of great leaders. So, so I've been very lucky, um, I guess, working in uh, pharmaceuticals and healthcare, you know, you have, you have very smart scientists and you have very charismatic people. It's, it's been an, a good area to work with in, in that regard. Fantastic. Okay. And, and content, I'm always really interested. What kind of content, whether they're books or podcasts or audio books that CEOs and business leaders are listening to, is there anything... Yeah that you'd recommend? Um, I mean, I'm constantly looking for information. Um, <laughs> as, as I said before, our, our, the journey of our business, we started off as a company that we're doing, that we're running market research companies, uh, sorry, market research studies. <laughs> um, we were, you know, combining that with data and delivering it to the client as, as, as projects, you know, we, and that's where we started and we've evolved into specializing in, in sort of pharmaceutical models, into developing software. And now our latest stage is to, is to, um, is to turn a consultative business into a SaaS business, uh, you know, again, to bring that greater value, but also to make the business easier to grow. So mm -hmm. I'm constantly looking for content, but it tends to be um, subject driven. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily read you know, the latest thinkings on business management or on, on um, you know, on the, uh, you know, uh, thought, thought leadership pieces, I tend to look, think, well, I've got a problem here and I don't know anything about this area of the business. I need to go out and find something. And, you know, obviously with the internet, there's so much information out there yeah. to, to capture. But at the moment, most of my reading is around, you know, healthcare and, and what's happening in healthcare, obviously, but also, you know, transitioning the business and how I, how I manage this new business with completely different KPIs, completely different metrics, Mm -hmm. um, and as well as that, I'm trying to learn a new language, having moved to Spain two years ago. So a lot of my reading now is very, very basic Spanish books. So I, yeah. I read I read nursery rhymes in Spanish at the moment. Uh, so it's probably not the usual answer, but I'm reading very, very childish Spanish uh, language books right now yeah. in the effort to, to learn a new language, which is fantastic um, because it, it's great for the brain. Uh, yes, it's great it, for the memory. It's great for the thought process. Yeah, yeah absolutely. How is it going? How's the, how's the Spanish going? Poco a poco, <laughs> little by little. Good for you, good for you. Well, David, I've really enjoyed speaking with you, so thank you so much for taking the time and for sharing your insight and your story. No, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for, uh, for asking the good, some good questions and, and being thought-provoking. <laughs>